Greetings from the Athletics Recreation Center. A few pre-pod announcements for you. Children are to be under the supervision of a parent or guardian at all times. Valparaiso University is a smoke-free campus. Please refrain from using tobacco products anywhere on university property. We thank you for your cooperation. And now your hosts from Las Vegas, Nevada, Parker Gatewood, and from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Paul Oren. Welcome to Union Street Hoops! Greetings and welcome to Union Street Hoops, a weekly podcast you can hear on NWI.com and on iTunes. I'm your host, Paul Oren, and today joined by a very special guest, someone who I've really wanted to have on the program for a long, long time. Longtime region guy, played at Valpo, has coached in the area. Ladies and gentlemen, I present Chris Artis. What's going on? It's a pleasure to have you here. It's it's great. It's great. Again, you've been in the area for a very long time. Uh, you've coached. You've played. Uh, you've you are an open gym star, right? Uh, the YMCA messages on Facebook are great. Your Facebook page is really. And if you guys out there are not, I, I don't need you to get all the Facebook you know friend requests here. No, but you're hysterical on Facebook. Whether it's posting things about uh, you know. Popeye's chicken opening up in town. Which did you drive by today? I know you said no, that. Not today. I know you I'm said. Close. I'm close by. I might have to go over there afterwards. I know you said that you're you're very excited to uh, yeah, to I see. Take a picture every week. Just to see the progress. <laughs> okay, uh, I want to I want to start. I want to go back through your playing career a little bit, if I can, yeah. and then we'll kind of evolve into some other things here. You went. I mean, God, this is 27 years ago now. I think. Man, that's been a long time. To go to Eastern Washington. Right. Did Valpo recruit you out of high school? Because I'm guessing if you went to Eastern Washington, <laughs> you wanted to get as far away as humanly possible from the area. Well, it was like this. Homer recruited me a little bit my junior year and my senior year. And I think their record was 5-22. and 22 Yeah. Both years. So I was like, uh, I don't know. I wasn't feeling that. Went out to Eastern. Well, you know what? Homer called me to tell me that he couldn't recruit me anymore because he got some commitments from some other people. And I, I thought that was weird. I never had a coach do that before. But ended up going out to Eastern, um, and we were probably worse than VU those two years. So my first two years there, we were like 11 and 41. So I said, you know what, I might as well do this at home. You know, if I'm going to lose games, I might as well do it at home. So I called back here to see if I can come back and transfer, and he was pretty receptive to it. And my first year here, we had like 18 guys on the roster. You know, five of us were sitting out, but it, they, it was a pretty good year, though. It, uh, that's an interesting year because that was uh, Bryce's freshman year. Yeah, my all, first year was his first year. All, the, all those guys were, yeah. were, were young. Um, what was your responsibility with that freshman class? I mean, you're sitting out with a right. couple other guys. A lot of people use that redshirt year to – Add something to their game, but sometimes you know you can use that redshirt year to say, "Hey, I want you to to take these guys under your wing or whatever." What was your responsibility? Um, pretty much be a competitor in practice. That's what it was, man. Because, like I said, we had 18 guys, so I didn't get too many reps in practice. You know, I wasn't even on the second team, wasn't even on the third team, pretty much. So when we did come in, we played defense the whole time. So it was like never you you didn't even really know if I had offense. Yeah. Going into, you know, the season or whatever. But a lot of it was, you know, guarding those guys that were playing Dave Redman, you know, Bryce, 
Ensminger was on that team. Yeah, he was on that team as well. What? I don't want to center it just on Bryce, but yeah. it's it's interesting to me that he was a freshman your first year. Mm-hmm. Did you see it? Did you see the talent early on? And and yeah, you did. You did. I mean, he was such a hard worker that it, the talent plus the hard work it was just undeniable, man. And he could really shoot the ball, and you know you had to be blind not to see that. You can talk about Bryce and Bill and Bob and and Tony and all of that. But Valpo didn't start going to the NCAA tournament until you were an active player. <laughs> I mean, you could take that triple overtime game and all of that, but but what was the? I mean, to, yeah, I'll take all the credit for that. Of course, you should. You, of course, but but to to go from you know, five wins here, five wins there, you know, obviously going out to Eastern, coming back, sitting out a year, and then getting to the NCAA tournament that first year. I mean, what was that feeling like? I mean, you played Western Illinois. You beat them by 23 points, I think, in the title game. Right. And, and and what was that like to to reach that milestone? I mean, it was real big because they had beaten us twice that year. We didn't even beat them during the regular season. So for us to come out there and then, you know, blow them out in that championship game, man, we were just all just like – Ecstatic. It was crazy. It was real crazy. And the, and the hoopla around here because we had never been, nobody knew what to expect. So it was just, you know, we had a lot of, um, I wish social media was out back then <laughs> because it was absolutely crazy. You know what? Most of the time people say, and I say, I'm glad social media wasn't around when I was younger, but. No, I wish it was. <laughs> uh, Arizona. I mean, they were loaded. And it's just, what was that experience like? Um, Man, we had a reception party here before we went, and Homer said something like, uh, you know, Arizona has slipped up in a tournament the last couple of years, and then he caught himself and said, but they're going to be really tough or something like that, and I think they used that as locker room fodder, and they were just on us from the beginning, man. It was like 51 to 15 at half. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll never forget that. Is is that real? Is I mean, you're a coach now. Is locker room fodder a real thing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's real. That's real. If somebody slips up and says the wrong thing, and you're using that. For See, isn't team. that the danger of social media now, though? Yeah, because it's you know it's easily, you know it's easily out there now. But you know it worked back then. Yeah, it was, yeah, it probably would. Be <laughs> I got I got to rethink. That. <laughs> So you come back for your senior year, and, and obviously you guys got a bullseye in your back now, and you make it back, uh, and, and, you, and you get to uh, Boston College. Right. You're a 12 seed, I think, in the tournament. Right. And and now this is one that was a really close game. It mm-hmm. wasn't 51-15. to 15. Um, How difficult was it to, to, to lose that one? Um, it was, we started out winning 11 to nothing. They didn't score. We scored the first 11 points. Bryce was on fire. I think I hit the first three, then Bryce just took over that whole first half. And it was just back and forth the whole game, man. And it didn't really hit me till like, the last few seconds that we lost this thing. I mean, we were we were either up or in it the whole game. And we just, you know, lost it at the end, and that was just tough. Does a loss like that ever really leave you? No. No. no, I mean, because I, I can, I, I ask that because I, I, I see the pain right. in your eyes a little bit right now. <laughs> You've played a lot of basketball games in your career, but, but you twitched a little bit as you're talking about uh, this. Oh one. man, it, no, you don't really get over that, especially when you think you should have won. You know, I ended up being real good friends with a guy on Boston College named Antonio Granger. We're still pretty cool. We're friends on Facebook or whatever, but 
I'll never forgive him for that, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so I got uh, this is a tough one here. The year after you graduated was the Sweet 16 run, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Like when we talk about that era of Valpo basketball, everything kind of gets lumped into that one year, right? right? And probably pretty unfairly. Yeah. How do you kind of let all that process when they talk about that run that era they they we almost always just whitewash over the boston college and the arizona years and all of that and is that tough to- yeah well not anymore the first couple of years it was tough i mean it was tough for me because that year i was still here finishing school i was living with jamie sykes okay so i'm watching the game i skipped class <laughs> to watch the game Sorry, I won't get in trouble for it now. No, no, you're good. You're good. And and when I saw Bryce hit that shot, I was like, wow, wow. This is going to be real crazy. Then the next game they win that one, and they come home, and it was just unreal. I mean, like I said, I live with Jamie. B96 called our house once. <laughs> they called us and, and did – they called us a few times just to talk to them. And I'm just like, man, this is nuts. I kind of feel like – when I was in like my mid twenties and I would go out with my friends and I was in a relationship and they were all single. That's kind of, I almost feel like that might've been how this was like, you know? I mean, for the first few years afterward, people would be like, man, I, I followed you guys when you, when he hit that shot, you guys did a great job. I'm like, I wasn't on that team. Sorry. Yeah. They did a great job, but I wasn't on that team and it hurt a little bit, but to lessen that pain, you know, these were all my friends, you know, I was, me and Craig Bruins were the only two guys that left that team. And we were still around that year, so we got to know the new guys that were there, and we were still real good friends with the guys that were there. So it wasn't like we were mad, anything like that. But we were like, you know, we should have done that as well. But At like 23, I'm sure that, that stings a bit. Yeah. But it, does it get to a certain point where you can say, I helped with that? Yeah, I, yeah, I helped yeah. build that too? Yeah, now, now it's like I look back. And, and I do feel like I did help with that. And then I look at guys that were before me, like Casey Schmidt and Dave Redmond. You know, if it weren't for guys like that, I wouldn't even have been here. So I think that they got the ball rolling when they transferred back. And then they helped with us get into the tournament. And then, you know, Ensminger and Anthony Allison helped me for the next year, and I think Craig Bruins and I helped them for the next year. So it was just setting the table. You know, it was it was inevitable. It was coming. You've been a career basketball guy, 11 years now, assistant coach, Cal College, St. Joseph. I and mean, they yeah. list 11 years yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah, that's what It'll be 12. Yep. Yeah, this will be year number yeah. 12. Uh, in terms of being a coach, who are your biggest influences in, to be a coach in your career? Um, hmm. I never really thought about that. Jason Hawkins, man. Yeah, Jayhawk. Jayhawk. Jayhawk got me in the coaching. I wasn't even thinking about it at first. But when he got the head job at Calumet College, we were sitting in the open gym, and he goes, he tells me, um, I'm interviewing for this this job at Calumet College, man. Jayhawk was like 24 years old. Yeah, real young. Yeah, real young. So I'm thinking in my mind, he ain't getting this job. And he goes, if if I get it, I want you to come help me out. So I just tell him, yeah, because I'm not thinking he's getting it. <laughs> And he calls me like a week later. He's like, you ready to go? I got the job. I'm like, really? I went on with him, stayed, 
Never left. Yeah, and what? And Ryan Sexton, the head coach. Yeah, now. Ryan Sexton is the head coach. He was at VU for a year. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, and and I asked about your coaching influences because I I read something really interesting here. I've got the old media guides from your time here. Yeah. In your first year, uh, you know when you said there's 18 guys on the team. There's yeah. a little blurb about each guy in there. Yeah. A little bio sheet. You know, where are you from? What's your favorite food? Blah blah blah. And one of the questions is, who is your biggest basketball influence? Do you remember who you said? Is it Mullen? Chris Mullen, yeah. yes. How on earth is a kid from East Chicago have Chris Mullen as their biggest influence? People think I'm joking when I say that. I, I say thought, that I, I looked at it and I was like, Chris is messing around a little bit. <laughs> Look, he's a lefty. Yeah. Slow. I was kind of slow. <laughs> very, very deceptive. But And he could just really shoot, man. He was like, when I first started watching basketball, he was at St. John's. And it was the first guy that I saw that was left-handed that was just really good. I mean, it seemed like he never missed to me, and he was so slow. And I'm like, you can't guard this dude? And that that always stuck with me. I'm like, man, if he could do it. I remember when they uh, – I think that 30 for 30 about the Big East was on a couple right. of years ago. And, and I knew obviously I knew about Chris Mullen, um, you know, from the Dream Team and from yeah. Golden State and all of that. And I was watching that. I was like, he was a killer. Yeah, like, he was. He was – he was really, really good. I think really he was, good. what, the third leading scorer on the Dream Team. Yeah. And people yeah. were saying he shouldn't have been on it. I'm like, you crazy. Yeah. I, think, I still argue that to this day. I think people, him. a lot of people were like, well, how come Isaiah Thomas isn't on it? And why is a guy like Chris Mullen on it? Well, Chris Mullen hit all the shots, right? <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, okay. You're a region guy. You're from East Chicago. You went to Andrean. Is Valparaiso a region school? Is in in, in – do people in Hammond or Gary or Merrillville care about the Valparaiso University <laughs> basketball program? Um, I don't know if care, if, if I use the word that they care. I don't think they're informed because we, we really don't hear about it that much. You know, well, when I was coming up, I didn't really know about um, Valpo basketball at all. I think I was probably one of the first guys from Lake County to come over here and play and figure out man this is actually all right but i think a lot of a lot of it is just not knowing man marketing or whatever i mean because we get a different paper over there the newspaper would, would be a different version than the one yeah. over here so the, you see all the vu stuff in the sports section in porter county but in lake county you're not seeing any of that so i think that helps or hurts or with it now i mean it's different with you know, being online or whatever, but back then when it was just all print, yeah, it was just tough. It man. was zoned quite a bit. You yeah, know, yeah, when yeah. We would put a VU story on the front page in Porter County, and it would be on page eleven. Yeah, and, you wouldn't know. And now we don't get, you know, we don't have a page eleven anymore. We don't get right. that many pages. But, uh, you know, so but you're right. You know, I think about guys from Lake County that have been on the team over the years, and 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 there haven't been many. Yeah, it's in the not last that many. Fifteen. I mean, right. and and you know and. A, and a guy like Nick Davidson, he also went to Andrean, right. but he didn't play a lot. Yeah. So I look at a guy like Malik McMillan right now from Merrillville, mm-hmm. and and he's really, I mean, he's the first kid from Merrillville in years, right. as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is, is there pressure on a kid like that? To, to no, I don't think it is because a lot of people don't, don't really follow Valpo basketball in Lake County. I mean, um, I thought that was a great pickup getting him to come over there because it makes it more attractive to people over there because a lot of kids know who he is 
And so they figure, you know, if Malik can go here and then, you know, do his thing, then why can't I do the same thing or get me over there? So, you know, that helps. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, there's there may be a myth out there, but I, I need I need some help on this one. So I went to school here from uh, from '99 to 2002, and the general rule of thumb among the young guys around here was that, you, you know, the the young players on the team was when they joined the team, they really weren't part of the Valpo basketball family until they were Chris Artis approved, <laughs> until until they went against you in an open gym or something like that. Is how many of the guys over the years did you kind of battle against, and and do you still do that at all? No, I don't. I don't. Man, I'm too old, man. I'm 43. <laughs> Back then, though, man, when they were after I graduated, I I want to say the first four or five years, maybe six or seven, I was coming to every open gym and coming up against a lot of tough dudes, and I felt like, you know, I I talk a lot. Yeah, I, I talk a lot during the games. Talk a lot in open gyms. Get under guys' skin, man, just to see who could handle it and who couldn't, man. But there were, like, some real tough – like, Lubos Barton sticks out to me the most, man. He was somebody that I had trouble guarding. And I was a pretty decent defender. Antonio Falou, he was another one. That, that, I, that, that shot dude, was crazy. Yeah. I couldn't – I don't know how he got that thing off. but That dude was tough, man. The Oplands, they were tough, man. I mean, a lot of those guys that came through here. I mean, there's been some really, really, really good players to come through here. And Open Gym is, it was always nuts. And and I wanted to ask you, was you know, you kind of mentioned a couple guys that stood out to you, but I mean, was there anybody that you just destroyed that ended up coming out and having a really good career? Was was there a guy that that was wetting his pants that first Open Gym that ended up coming out and or or vice versa? Was there someone who you thought, man, this guy's going to be really good, and then just kind of, you know, is gone in a year or two. Um, I want to say I destroyed all of them. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, I think a lot of them – I thought Dan Oplin did a lot better than I thought he would initially. I and mean, I think that's the general consensus. I mean, a lot better. I'm not, not saying that he wasn't good, but I didn't expect what he did, you know during his four years, man. He was just, like, really, really tough. But I think most all of them, man, they they either met or exceeded expectations, you know, because open gym is different from, you know, once you get into a system. Because there were, there were guys that came here that were just destroying open gym, and then during games, you know, you want, you're wondering, man, why can't he do more or yeah. he should be doing more. There was a kid from Michigan City – uh, DeAndre Haskins, yeah, yeah, I think real his athletic. name was, really athletic. Yeah. And I remember seeing him in a high school all-star game. So I'm in a dunk contest, yeah. and I, I'm, my eyes jumped yeah. out of my head. This guy's going to be fantastic. Yeah, and I saw him some, in some open athletic. gyms, and then he was on that team that went 9-22 and 22 and was very dysfunctional, and he was gone after a year. Yeah. And that was one that stood out to me. And that was another one that I was excited about because it's like, here's a Michigan City kid. Mm-hmm. It's been you know a long time since there had been anyone from Michigan City coming. So. It's uh, it's interesting. So uh, let's shift gears for a second. Should college athletes get paid? Hmm. You know what? I, I, I lean one way or other. You know, it, it goes week to week, man, because I see all of the stuff that these guys get as far as, like, meals and gear and stuff like that. Nutritionists, like, strength yeah, coach, yeah, yeah. all of stuff that. Stuff that we didn't have. And I'm like, no, oh, no, they shouldn't get paid. But then – 
when you look at the bigger picture is how much money I'm looking at your pictures up there, like all of those people in those stands, how much money did those games bring in? I've got a, a final four photograph montage in my office from when I covered it. And they printed money in Indianapolis that weekend, right? Right. right. Duke and, and Michigan state and Kentucky and Wisconsin were at that. And those guys, and they get all the gear and everything too. I always, cause I go back and forth on it. Should should Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker and Aaron Harrison and all of that gotten paid? Probably. Yeah. Should people at the seventeen hundred people in the stands at the Ark get paid? <laughs> I don't know. See, that, that, I, I, that's, I don't know. That's where it's hard, man. You just don't know. I'm like, how do you divvy that out? Because obviously, you know, they make the Final Four. Teams that make the Final Four are bringing in so much money, and they're carrying pretty much the entire athletic program. And then you get schools that are, you know, small, you know, like even smaller than this. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, you know, you'll see them on ESPN3 or whatever, and it's like 80 people in the stands. And you're like, all right, how do you pay these guys? So and so I guess the, the question, and maybe this isn't even a fair one because it's, it's a different era, but, I mean, did you feel exploited as a college athlete? No, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I guess, like, in the moment, man, I was more happy to be there, happy to be able to go to school for free, you know, play the game that I love, be around some guys that, you know, pretty much I'm attached to 24-7 for a few years and then, you know, move on. So I, I didn't think about that then, and, and it wasn't that much of an issue with us then. But now, you know, there, there goes social media again. You know, it's, yeah. it's magnified. So – I don't know how to answer that one now. I, I remember one of my favorite players. He was in my class, Milo Stovall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Milo would always – I mean, we would go on the road. I traveled with the team a lot when mm -hmm. I was a student as a broadcaster, and he would carry a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter with him wherever he went, right. and that's what he'd eat on yeah. the road, and he would take his per diem, and I would go over to his dorm room because he had the sickest PlayStation yeah, 2 collection every game, yeah. every week. He'd hit me up, hey, I'm going to Best Buy. You want to come with me? We'd <laughs> drive down to Merrillville. He'd get three or four video games, and he'd say, it's per diem, man. Yeah. It's what we do. You oh, know? we never spent per diem. Never. I never did. We went to Hawaii, man. I came back with all my money. Like every free meal that we got, I ate that. We went and bought some groceries. My parents actually came and brought us some groceries or whatever. And every money that I got on the road, I think I pocketed all of that stuff, man. And it wasn't that much, but no, that but little adds up, you know. Absolutely. Uh, you've been coaching for a long time. Mm -hmm. You're older now. How are college basketball players, and just basketball players in general, how are they different today than they were when you were coming up? Um, physically, I want to say more athletic. You, you see more. Um, players are just sick athletes. And I don't know if it's because I'm old. Maybe I was like that then, but I don't think I was. Um, so I, I think that the college players that I come across, man, they're just, you know, bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic. Mentally, I think um, a little bit weaker because a lot of it is handed to them. A lot of it, and I'm social media, Yeah, you know, you, you see a mixtape of a kid and they're looking like Michael Jordan out there and it's like two, three minute video and you see them in person. It's like, man, I'm I, this is not the same dude or whatever, but you get that little microwave result 
and these guys get ranked off of one game, and it's like, oh, this is the best. And, and you got rankings for sixth graders and fifth graders or whatever now. So now it's it's like, you know, these guys are getting it handed to them, getting all these accolades early, and they're getting ranked by 4,000 different scouting services telling them that they're the greatest. So when they do get to college, they're already thinking that. And it's kind of like you have to break it down and build them back up. So that's what I see the most mentally. But I think physically, man, they're more athletic. The kind of players that go to Kentucky and Florida and Duke and all of that, they're aspiring to go to the NBA right. for the most part. Yeah. The guys that come to Valpo are probably aspiring to go pro overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the upper tier guys. Yeah. Yeah. And not every kid at Florida is going to the NCAA or right. going to the NBA. What are the kids at Cal College trying to trying to do? They just want to play basketball. And that's why I love NAIA ball because uh, with us, man, we don't have dorms. We don't give full rides. So the guys that are there, they want to be there. You know, if you stick that out for four years, man, when well, you're not getting paid, I mean, you're not getting a full ride. You're not getting a full scholarship. You're not living in dorms. And I, I want to say we just got a gym five years ago. Mm-hmm. I've been there 11 years. So before that, we were practicing at high school. We were practicing at the Civic Center in Hammond. I mean, we I think I counted it out with one of the old players a couple of weeks ago that we practiced at like seven or eight different gyms throughout one season. And asking these guys, you know, we're not giving them any gas money. They're doing it on their own. So for them to be able to go through that and want to do it and stick with it for four years, I mean, that gets – more my respect than anything, you know, because here I was as a player, you know, I'm complaining about having to get up at 6.30 in the morning and practice, but everything is paid for for me. You know, these guys are driving 15, 20 minutes just to go to practice elsewhere and then go back home. And, you know, it, it's pretty tough, you know. So I, I get a I, – I have a lot of respect for um, the guys that make it through our level. And I think – I really do think that – NAIA and Division Two and all—it's criminally overlooked. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, and and because every once in a while I'll get you know my editor will say hey, you know go cover these guys. Purdue right. Northwest is playing Cal College. Good, you know go cover mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, man, there's blood, sweat, and tears on the floor just like there is in a Valpo Butler game. Exactly, it's a lot of fun. Uh, a couple of quick hitting questions for you. Uh, toughest teammate you ever had to guard here at Valpo? Toughest Anthony Allison. Yeah, easily. I've heard that he was uh, he knew every trick in the book. Easily. I mean, this dude, I hope he doesn't listen to this. If he could <laughs> dribble, he would have been in the NBA. I, I, I truly believe that, man. The dude was tough, man. 6'7", fastest dude on the team, most athletic guy on the team. Could guard, he was our best defender, and he was our best scorer. The dude was tough. Um, favorite coach you ever had at Valpo? Um, Jim Herrick. Yeah? Yeah, Jim Herrick was um, – he was really good at giving confidence, you know, um, beyond the X's and O's, man. He made you feel like you were a champ out there, even if you were playing bad, man. He he did a real good job at that. Uh, we talked about Popeye's Chicken earlier. Big news today, International what? House of Pancakes has been rebranded the International House of Burgers. What? You, yeah, this is crazy. Will, will you go? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of question is that? <laughs> I'm there. Wait, so they're not doing pancakes anymore? I apparently they they have rebranded themselves. There was a they had 
they had like a social media campaign where they were flipping the P into a B and people thought they were going to call themselves the International House of Breakfast and just oh, not specify pancakes. Now it's talking about they're going to be burgers. They might do burgers with a pancake bun, which, I mean, that's right. not healthy, so my, but my I got to My question try it. is, how do we get them to Valpo? I don't know. Well, I mean, look, I don't think you and I can be picky because think about what we've, we were adding a Popeye's chicken. We got Yats. We got a new barbecue place here in town. Yeah, I heard about uh, that. Qdoba, Chipotle, noodles, all these have come within the last seven, eight years. Yeah, you're right. And, and so, it, like, give me an Olive Garden and I'm happy, right? You like Olive Garden? You know what? I like the idea of Olive Garden. I like the soup salad and breadsticks. I but like I went. Bread. I went to the one in Merrillville a couple of weeks ago, and it was a disaster. I believe it. It was a disaster. No, we have great food places out here now. I mean, it wasn't like that 20, 25 years ago. I mean, no. But now it's just like you just drive down Lincoln Way and you can just. Pew. I mean, there's a Chili's, a Friday's, and an Applebee's, and you had to go to Merrillville for all of that stuff before, right? Yeah. I mean, um, I put this on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. And I was interested at the results I got. And I don't know if you saw it. Put LeBron on the 2017-18 Valpo team that finished in last place in the, the Valley. LeBron and his current age, current everything, put him on the team. Does Valpo win the national championship? No. How far does Valpo get with LeBron? Um, I mean, you basically I, – I guess you're you're putting him – you know, really any position on the floor, but I don't know if you're taking off Marcus Golder or who you're taking off the floor, but you put LeBron out there with everybody else around him. Maybe, I mean, I guess maybe you put him as the point guard and just. No, because you can zone in college. That's true. You can really zone. I mean, and I just make him shoot the jumper. I mean, he was knocking it down this year, but it wasn't like super. So I, I would. No, I was saying no. I think it was like 85% said national championship. Really? And I think, but I think those were people who weren't applying. They were like just knee-jerk. Oh, yeah, LeBron would definitely win the No, you know? not at Valpo. No, no, he wouldn't. I mean, you had to surround him. With him, you have to have great shooters. And but Valpo did not necessarily have great shooters exactly. this year. Exactly. So then they would just zone him. Or boxing. No, you can't box him. Well, he's too big. But, but you can yeah. zone him. Yeah, I mean, zone him. I, so, like, I'm a college basketball fan, and the pro game is a secondary thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I am just – I want to scream when I watch the defense <laughs> that does or doesn't get played in the NBA. As When you when you watch basketball, what – and I know you watch the finals. Yeah. Um, what version of basketball do you – I mean, as a coach, knowing your players are watching the NBA, how difficult does that make it to show up to practice the next day to try to teach them how to play defense when they see – five one-on-one games going nah, on. It's not that hard for college guys who have been in the mix for a while because they understand that the pro game is not – it's ref differently. You know, the offensive and defensive schemes are different. Um, and those guys are like world-class athletes. So they can take players off. So you can look at LeBron and say – or James Harden and say, oh, man, he, this dude doesn't play defense or whatever, but you're looking at one or two plays from yeah. them. I mean, you know, these guys playing 48 minutes. I mean, you know, the NBA game is longer. I don't know anybody who can play 40, 48 full minutes at a high level on offense and defense. It's just not going to happen. So you have to, like, relay that to them and, and let them know that, you know, it's just not – that's just not real life, man. But um, it's not hard for us to get college guys to think the college game, but – they. 
naturally they watch pro more than than they do college, but it's not that hard. How much do you get to watch Valpo play? Um, whenever it's on TV. Okay. So if they come on, then you know I'll flip through the channels and then I'll see it. Is there is there a guy or two that stands out to you on the current team? Or uh, Marcus it... Golder. Yeah, he's fun because he's he's wearing my number number one. He's number five. Yeah. Uh, real athletic, like that. He's light skinned so we're pretty much twins, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's he is a lot of fun, and he is somebody that I think uh, is just a great story. I mean, the fact that he went to a JUCO and, and the right. coach there redshirted him. Yeah, I mean, that yeah, takes yeah. a lot for a JUCO coach to say, "We got a really good athlete here, and we're going to redshirt a guy for his best interest going forward." And uh, you know, most guys that come in from a JUCO only get you know two years. Mm-hmm. Well, he just finished his first, and he's got two more. So. Yeah, I like him, man. I mean, all jokes aside, he. I came to an open gym last, I think it was the night of um, the last Mayweather fight. They they had an open gym up here, and I played with the guys a little bit, and he and I sat and talked. You know, I introduced myself to him, and I talked to him on the sideline for a while. And I liked him. I like him a lot. Man. So when you start liking him, how guys play or whatever, you start following him. So I start following him on Twitter and all that stuff, man. So just to keep – Keep up with the times. Best win you ever had at Valpo? Best win? Hmm. Probably the wins that go to the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can't overlook those, man. I mean, Western Illinois was our rival. And to beat them, uh, that was great, you know, because they used to talk a lot. We used to talk a lot. And, you know, Brad Underwood was on the staff yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. there. He was a fiery dude on the sidelines, man. So, you know, that, those were real big wins, man. Any time we played Western and then, you know, playing them to go to the tournament, that was like the biggest. Was the Boston College loss the most crushing one? I mean, obviously it's the last game of your college career, but is there any other that, that is on par with that? Um, we almost beat Vanderbilt down at Vanderbilt. Yeah, season opener pre- of your yeah, senior year, right? NIT. That was another, and, and it's funny because that was our first game, and Boston College was the last game, and they were very similar where we were in it or leading the entire game, and then it came down to the end, and we just broke down a little bit. So that one was pretty tough. Anytime we play like a big, big school, we play IU my senior year, they blew us out, but we, we thought we had a, a shot. Um, I'm trying to think of any other big, big losses. No, that was it. I mean, Boston College was tough because it was my last game. Uh, Wrapping up here, when you played, you were in the Mid-Continent Conference. Mm -hmm. Western Illinois was a rival. These other teams, Oral Roberts, sure, but they were from Tulsa, and where the hell is Tulsa? Like, can you ever have imagined back then that Valpo would ascend to the place of being in the Missouri Valley Conference? Um, No, I mean – with the way it was back then, I mean, those teams were tough, though. I mean, the team like Western Illinois was tough, and Buffalo was tough. Yeah. Troy State always beat us. They were tough, man. They did that run and gun, shoot threes and stuff. So, I, I don't. I want to say that the level. I think they moved up in name, but I think a lot of those teams were just as tough as as Missouri Valley teams. And I think probably into the Lubosch era mm-hmm. is when the conference really started to dip a little bit, yeah, you know, and because yeah. a, a lot of teams you're talking about, Buffalo and Troy State, Central Connecticut and all that yeah. kind of, they went they their separate yeah. ways. So by the time I was a student here and, and you know, 
Youngstown was two free wins every year, it felt like. Not Western, with us. Western was down. It was two free wins every year, it felt like. Not with us, man. Those Chicago teams, State. So, not, they were. They were. <laughs> they were. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, Valpo had, again, my senior, my senior year was Lubosch's senior year, so my whole run there, uh, it felt like, Valpo was penciled in to win the conference yeah. every year. Mm-hmm. Is it better to be in a league like that or in a league like the Valley where it's going to be probably significantly harder to get to the tournament, but everything seems to be on a heightened level? Probably uh, the latter. You know, um, Better to be in the Valley where you're fighting for it, man. So when you do, I, I think the guys will get a little bit more sense of accomplishment if they made it to the tournament or they do well, finish in the upper half or whatever, whatever the goal is, and you start reaching that goal because, you know, it, it did get to the point where we, I think after my first year, we won it like, what, seven times in a row yeah. or something like that? Yeah. Either the tournament or the regular season. Right. You know, and, and it, almost always it was the regular season. So then we started getting hated and <laughs> and whatever. But, um, no, it's good for them now to, you know, take these lumps, man, see where you have to go and then – you know, get better, man. I don't see – I don't foresee them being on the bottom that long. It just, you know, it's just going to take some time. That's all. Very good. Well, Chris Artis, thank you very much for uh, for joining. Any final comments for the Valpo faithful out there? Um, uh, Follow me on Twitter. That's right. Chris Artis 5. You know, if you want to hit me up on Facebook, I might – Accept your request. I don't know. It and depends. it's really it's the best Facebook account <laughs> that money can buy, right? I mean, it's uh, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's good. It's good. So, all right, Chris, thank you very much for all joining. Right. Uh, take care, everyone. Union Street Hoops. You can again hear on NWI.com or on iTunes. Follow me, Paul Oren, on Twitter at NWI Oren. Thanks a lot.